Welcome to Lending Forward, a podcast where we're lending every bit of what we know to our listeners. From real conversations and lessons learned deep within the industry to education and forward thinking. Together, we're Lending Forward. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our channels and connect with us on www.AtlanticBay.com. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS number 72043, NMLSConsumerAccess.org is an equal opportunity lender. Located at 600 Lynn Haven Parkway, Suite 203, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23452. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've got Dan Habib on Lending Forward, and we are talking all things economy, recession, interest rates, the whole nine. So welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us again. We're so lucky for this. So let's kind of talk about the climate right now. So tell us what you're seeing on your end and then what our mortgage bankers need to know. So from an interest rate standpoint, we've certainly seen rates move up pretty sharply. Just over the last few months, we've seen them get up four and three quarters to 5%, somewhere in that range. So certainly seeing refinance volumes decline. You know, Some people are worrying about affordability issues. Housing does still look very strong, record level, low levels of inventory out there. We're still seeing appreciation gains on a month over month basis. And I'm forecasting somewhere in the high single digit range for appreciation for 2022. We're still seeing robust demand, even with interest rates a bit higher and still seeing really tight supply. So economics 101, strong demand, tight supply is going to be supportive of price. But what I really wanted to focus on today is what you're seeing probably a lot out there in the media. And that's the talk of, is there a potential recession on the horizon? So want to just kind of dig into that and some of the recession indicators that it's funny, you know, you see CNBC and stuff now talking about some of the stuff that we've been looking at for months on MBS Highway, but you might've heard that the yield curve has been inverted for a brief period of time, what that means, as well as the unemployment rate is a good recession indicator. And the big one is the Fed, what the Fed has been doing. The Fed finally hiked rates by 25 basis points on March 16th. Their next meeting is in May. There's a lot of talk that with inflation rapidly rising, the Fed may do a double hike or a 50 basis basis point hike. Let's just start with the Fed. So a lot of people out there have the misconception that when the Fed hikes the federal funds rate, that's the tool that they have, but that means that they're hiking mortgage rates. It couldn't be farther from the truth. A mortgage rate is a long-term rate. You know, Most rates are 30-year fixed rates. The federal funds rate is an overnight rate that banks lend to each other. Now, when they hike that rate, it has a direct impact on short-term rates. So your shorter-term treasuries, like the two-year treasury, your car loans, your small business and personal loans on a short end of things. So it can cause short-term rates, which are directly tied to the Fed funds rate, to move higher. But why is the Fed hiking rates? Well, the real reason why they're doing that is because we have inflation almost at 8%. And I actually think it's going to go a little bit higher than that. So there's two kinds of inflation out there. There's your demand side and your supply side. We know the supply side has been a big issue. And a lot of that is due to supply chain issues with COVID. And a lot of companies anecdotally are not seeing any signs of that like getting any better. So what the Fed wants to do is curb down on the demand side of the economy by hiking rates, making things cost a little bit more money, you know, whether it's car loans or credit cards and things of that nature. And really, it's it's tough because I don't envy the Fed. They're hiking rates now to try to curb inflation, which, you know, if you ask me, I think they caused with all this stimulus, all their purchases they've been doing, keeping easy monetary policy for too long. You know, I don't want to go in a soapbox about this, but the Fed is a big reason why we have these boom and bust cycles. And, you know, these are the same Fed members that just a couple months ago, you know, we were talking about how inflation was so hot and they said, oh, it's going to be transitory. It's going to be temporary. Well, now here they are doing a complete 180 and now they're trying to act quickly to hike rates and curb some of this inflation. So, The Fed is hiking to curb inflation, and inflation is the main driver of long-term rates, like your mortgage rates. That's the reason why mortgage rates have been going up. It's in response 
to inflation, which has been on the rise and I think going to be getting worse. And if you think about it, it makes sense. When you have a 30-year mortgage, right? the investor of that, they're getting a fixed rate of return, a fixed level of interest over 30 years. The longer the duration of the bond, the more it's going to be impacted by inflation. Because think about it, they're getting that same fixed rate of return every month. And what's happening in the economy? The cost of goods and services is going up. So that fixed rate of return has less buying power. You know, If they had a shopping list, they can't buy all the things with that same amount of interest that they were getting because everything has gotten more expensive. So when you see that occur, guess what? The end investor is going to demand a higher rate of interest because they want to combat that faster pace of erosion due to inflation. So here's the long story short. When the Fed hikes, they are not hiking mortgage rates. They're hiking a very short-term rate. And counterintuitively, if they're able to get inflation under control, which is what they're trying to do, oftentimes you actually see mortgage rates come down once inflation starts to head lower. So it's actually, it can be a good thing for mortgage rates once they get inflation under control. And you know, just to visualize that, I just want to show you a chart here that I have where you can take a look. This is a price study that I did. And this is looking at the 10-year treasury note. And you could see that in the past, when the Fed hiked rates, if we go back to the last Fed rate hike cycle, if you go back to 2015, they hiked rates by 25 basis points in December. Look what happened with yields. They moved lower. Now, they waited a full year before they hiked again. So the economy picked up a little bit, inflation rate its head. But then look, they hiked again, rates went down. Now, here's something the Fed's also talking about doing, which is starting what's called balance sheet runoff. They've amassed a balance sheet of $9 trillion of assets, a lot of which are mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. Here's a fun stat for you. They own 25% of the treasury market and 30% of the mortgage-backed security market through all their buying. So they want to normalize policy more. They want to allow some of these assets to roll off their balance sheet. But once they start doing that, depending on if and when they do it, rates actually don't like that and can move higher. But you can see once they started to slow that rundown and then reinvest in mortgage bonds and treasuries, rates really started to come back down. So this is just helping you visualize that if the Fed can get inflation under control, oftentimes mortgage rates do like that. So what I'm trying to say here is that I think there's some room for rates to potentially move a little bit higher. But I'm predicting that towards the end of the year, we're going to see rates start to come down again as inflation gets quelled by the Fed's hiking, and they might get more aggressive. They might do 50 basis points at the May meeting. I also think that if you're going to be doing transactions today, you want to really be thinking about doing your loans two at a time. And this is going to sound much different than a lot of your competitors out there, right? Everybody's talking about just give me the lowest rate and things like that, right? But let's strategize and say, okay, if you want to buy that home today, well, let's make sure we're not doing upfront costs, such as upfront mortgage insurance, paying points. Why? All these things are going to have a break-even of, let's say, three to five years at least. Whereas you're going to probably have a refinance opportunity over the next year. Number one, I think inflation is going to come down because the Fed's um, interest rates are going to come down because the Fed is going to be hiking to curb inflation. But also the comparisons on a year over year basis for inflation start to get a lot tougher, meaning on a comparative basis to last year, inflation is going to start to come down naturally anyway. But here's the other one, and this is the big one. And this is what if there's a recession? So here's what I want to show you. I want to talk a little bit about what some of the recession indicators are that I'm seeing out there. But then, more importantly, what does that mean for us, right? So let's just take a quick look at this chart here once again. One of the things that you may have heard out there is the yield curve inverting. So what does that mean? Well, when you look at a normal yield curve, it goes like this, up and to the right. So as you put your money away for a longer period of time, you would expect to get a higher rate of interest, right? So if you put your money away for two years versus 10 years, well, you would expect that that 10-year yield is going to be a higher rate of return than the two-year, right? That's just normal. That's a normal market. But there's periods of time throughout history where you actually see that invert, meaning the two-year yield 
is higher than the 10-year yield. Now, when this occurs, it's called an inversion of the yield curve, and it's a signal that there's a lot of weakness and fear in the economy. And just take a look at this chart. So this chart maps out for you the spread between the 10-year and the two-year. And you can see when it's, when it's green on this chart, that means it's positive, the 10 years above the two-year. But when it goes red, that means that the two-year is higher than the 10-year, and it's an inversion in the yield curve. And these gray vertical bars are recessions. Now, take a look at this pattern. You can see inverted, recession. Inverted, recession, inverted, recession, inverted, recession, inverted, recession. There was a small inversion here before the last recession in 2020. Recession, and where are we now? Let's zoom in to take a look. And you could see that just yesterday, been kind of going back and forth, you could see the trajectory. You know, last year was at 160 basis points. It just began to invert. So does that mean we're going to get a recession right away? No. If you look at the last five times that this happened, the last five economic cycles, it took somewhere between like 10 and 11 months. So it doesn't mean that you're going to have a recession tomorrow, but it is a very reliable recession indicator of one to come. Now, what's another recession indicator? I like to look at the unemployment rate. And this is a little counterintuitive as well, because most people would probably think that when the unemployment rate is at its highest point, that's when you're going to get a recession, right? There's a lot of people laid off but it's the opposite. If you take a look, it's when the unemployment rate is at its lowest point and then begins to turn higher that you get a recession. Take a look at this chart. Again, you can see in this cycle, unemployment rate hits its low and turns up, recession. And you can see it goes up very quickly. And you can see this happen again and again and again. And take a look where we are. Just today, we got the jobs report. And that came out and showed unemployment rate coming back down to 3.6%. That's almost at the low that we saw pre-COVID of 3.5%. So a lot of people out there saying, well, there can't be a recession because the unemployment rate is so low. It's quite the opposite. Here's what happens. You're not, what you're looking for is a turn higher. Once you get that turn higher, it means that the economy is slowing and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of what happens. So I get unemployed, let's say. What happens? My spending habits change. I don't go out to those restaurants. I don't go out to the store and buy those clothes. And then those businesses that are relying on me, what do they have to do? They have to lay people off and their business slows and it's a perpetuating cycle. And then all of a sudden what happens, you get a recession and you see this thing shoot all the way up. So you could certainly argue here that we're, we're near the low in the cycle here in the unemployment rate. So one of the other signals we're looking for is a turn up in that unemployment rate as an early indicator. But I am of the belief that we are going to see a recession. It's hard to time these things, but over the next year to year and a half, and the reason why I bring this up is because how is this going to impact us? And this is going to further, I think, support why you shouldn't be doing upfront costs. Because if we get a recession over the next year, year and a half, take a look at what happens with interest rates. If you look at the last recession, rates went from three and three quarters to two and three quarters. They dropped by a percent. The recession before that, they went from six to four and seven eighths. Before that, seven and three eighths to six and three quarters. The recession before that, 11 to eight and three quarters. Before that, 18 to 13. And before that, from 16% to 11 and three quarters. So you can clearly see that during recessionary periods, interest rates drop. You have the Fed hiking, you have inflation comparisons getting tougher, and you have the US flashing some early indicators of a recession. So what does that mean? That means that over the next year or two, you're probably gonna have a pretty good refinance opportunity. So the loans you're doing today should be done with low upfront costs to contemplate that. Wow, that was a lot to unpack, but I mean, <laughs> such knowledge. And you know, you hear that word, right? You hear the recession word and you instantly panic if you're a working average person. And so hearing what you just explained and what the history shows 
I feel like should, while right now the speed of the hike might put a little fear into folks and hearing the word recession, looking at it from a different mindset and seeing here's actual sources that have provided analytical knowledge for you to understand what's going to happen next so that you don't have this panic set in. The other thing I was just going to mention is I'm glad you brought the Fed back up. What the Fed is doing is going to exacerbate the problem, right? So part of the reason why you're seeing this yield curve invert is because the Fed's hiking rates, right? So think about it like this, the Fed's hiking rates, and that causes the two-year yield and the short-term yields to move higher. And it can cause long-term yields to move lower if they get inflation under control. But because they're hiking, that's causing the yield curve to flatten out and invert even more. So if the Fed continues to hike, which they're going to, they have to get this massive problem of inflation under control, that's going to cause even more inversions. And if you look historically, every time we've went through some of these cycles with the Fed, like I said, they always cause these boom and bust cycles. They're too accommodative. And then they go in there way too restrictive on the economy. And they're going to hike us into a recession like we've seen many times with Alan Greenspan, with Paul Volcker. I see this happening in the future. And I think that's why your strategy should be as we stated. Thank you. That is awesome information. One piece of advice that you would lend forward right now. What is that one piece of advice for mortgage bankers and borrowers who are saying, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So what should I do? Well, I think a lot of the concern that people have out there is, you know, number one, rates have gone up. And and we just talked about what the forecast is for rates. But number two, we know that there's not a lot of inventory out there. Home prices have gone up 18.6% over the last 12 months. And people hear this recession talk and they say, man, does that mean I shouldn't buy a home? Maybe home prices are going to get crushed. Let me share one more chart with you here. And this is a chart that's going to show you home values as measured by the Case-Shiller Home Price Index, which is this line right here, and then recessions. Now, take a look at all these previous recessions as what happened with home prices. You could see through this recession here in the 60s, home prices remain pretty flat. This recession, they actually increased. This recession, they increased. Both of these recessions increased, increased, increased. And the most recent recession, you could really see what happened with home prices. They really took off. Now, here's the one that tricks everybody up. And that's the recession we had right over here. And this is when we had the housing bubble. And people mistakenly think that the recession caused the housing bubble. Is not true. What happened is, is the housing bubble really led us into the recession, which is why this one is an example here. And we're not in housing bubble-like conditions anymore. Listen, back here, what do we have going on? We had the <sighs> fog up a mirror, no income verification, no assets, you know, interest-only loans being done where today underwriting guidelines are much stricter. If you take a look at what supply and demand looked like back in 2007, well, compared to today, there was 3 million more homes for sale. And if you look at the actual number of households in the US, there was 14 million less households. So let's put that together. Today, from a supply and demand standpoint, you have 3 million fewer homes and you have 14 million more households. So in a completely different scenario, and this recession was caused by the housing bubble. So you want to really eliminate this one and just look how housing has performed during recessionary periods. And you can see it's performed actually quite well. Why does this happen? Oftentimes it, it happens because interest rates significantly drop and that overcomes some of the challenges that you face with recessions. And listen, recessions aren't a great thing, okay? Because people lose their jobs and it can be tough economically for people, but housing historically has performed quite well, as you could see here in this chart. Thank you for that. That is um, peace of mind, right? Well, thank you so much, Dan. This was awesome. I know our mortgage bankers are in this mode of what's going to be next, coming out of COVID, trying to prospect again. So now knowing, okay, you buy now, do what you've said and what you've indicated and know that there's a potential for a refi next year, two years to come. 
100%. And listen, if you guys want this kind of breakdown every day, make sure to check us out at MBS Highway. If you uh, want to shoot me an email, I could have my assistant help send some information over to you, help you get set up. It's just dan at mbshighway.com. And because you're on Taylor's show here, we will make sure to give you guys a discount. Thank you so much, Dan. Good to see you. Great to see you too. Thanks again for listening to the Lending Forward podcast powered by Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group. Don't forget to tune in next week and make sure you subscribe to our channel. Remember, we all play a part in lending forward. So go lend something forward today. 